0: This is the way to go podcast. Bill McMahon, Eric Barfell here with you today. So both, in case you don't know, I'm sure most of you listen to this know we're pastors at Dickerville Bible Church. So uh, we want to talk, since Eric's a youth pastor, I figured we'd talk some youth stuff in this segment. And I was thinking about building just character, building a good foundation under life. Because I've thought about it so many times in some of the teens that I've seen. If you have a teenager who builds a good foundation in their life, Meaning they, they, they do the right thing, they're disciplined, they have character, they work good at school, all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. It just seems better, like, when they build the house. It's kind of like in your teenage years, you're laying a foundation for the rest of your life, and then right. you're going to kind of build on that foundation you're laying. It's good to be square yeah. right from the get-go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things, like, building a foundation takes time. You right. you don't build a foundation by doing one thing every day for one week. Right. Like that that's more like a habit or whatever at that point. Uh, I mean, when you build a foundation, you've been doing it this way for years. Right. So it it kind of reminds me of the thing. It's like the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. Right. Second best time is right now. Right. That kind of thing. Like the sooner you start, the better that foundation is going to be. And or I guess the sooner you start and and keep at it, the better and stronger
0: that foundation is going to be in the long run right i mean anecdotally i would say surely nothing i've done research on or study it just seemed to me if i look at my own family and my own brothers growing Mm -hmm. up i always lifted weights and exercise in high school so i would get up in the morning it would still be dark out sometimes Mm -hmm. and i'd work out most days before school my dad had like some you know basically a bar with some weight and some dumbbells and, and a bench. And that's what I would use. And then they hmm. threw me down in the basement after a while. That was in the living room. And then they threw me down in the basement after a while. And I would always do it. My twin brother never did. Yeah. He never, when we left high school, well, he never went into really doing any kind of exercise. I always stayed with it yeah. because I was into that going forward. And I think that's mm-hmm. true of some people who play sports, some mm-hmm. people who are just into certain things, they just kind of continue on because they've got that foundation. Or you see sometimes with families, if you have certain things that the family does, you see it carried on by some of the kids later yeah. on because they laid a foundation.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think for us, I mean, going to church, I mean, my dad was a pastor, so it wasn't really a, a choice per se. But I mean, that's something we always did every Sunday morning. But also like when it was nice outside... We got outside. Right. We weren't watching TV that night. We are going on a bike ride yeah. or a walk or whatever as a family. Um, at some points, you know, we moved around a couple of times. But, like, uh, in, in the Cleveland area where my parents currently live, you know, there would be tennis courts close by. We we all owned a tennis racket. I don't know if that was, like, I don't know if everyone owned a tennis racket when they were a kid, but, like, we'd go play tennis, hit the right. ball around. Like, so when it was a nice night, we would always take advantage of it. Right. I feel like I still do that because, like, yeah, when it's raining, it's like, man, it's not that nice. But when it is nice, No, we're going outside. Right. Hey, let's just, I mean, even now it's like, hey, let's just go eat dinner on the porch or whatever. Hey, let's just like hang out outside or, you know, whatever. Right. Always take advantage of that nice day. Right. Because I feel like a caged animal if I'm inside too much.
0: To be honest with you, I don't like it It might be
1: in part like the nice days just come
0: so rarely too. So
1: (laughs) maybe that has something to do with
0: it. Well, when we were kids, the way that we grew up too, and we'll get into some of the differences and changes in society today, but I would hear always from my mom get out of the house. We were always sent outside. Mm -hmm. If you wanted anything, you had to go earn it. So if Mm -hmm. I wanted a model kit, you didn't say to your parents when you're walking through the store, hey, buy me a model kit. It was three bucks, which three bucks isn't a lot today, but back then it would take us probably three hours to earn that mm-hmm. and so we would go every time there was a snow day we'd be all up and down the street till dark i'm not kidding like we would mm. shovel 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 we get 50 cents here and 75 cents there and we would just do it until we'd have enough money to go down to the local shopping plaza where they had a mccrory's yeah. which they don't even have i don't think anymore. And we would go to the toy section and we'd buy model kits hmm. of ships or planes or cars or whatever we decided yeah. we wanted to do at that time. And that that's how we lived. Yeah. So anything, if you wanted a car, if you wanted gas for the car later on, even in college, you worked for everything. You wanted a new pair of jeans, you wanted some cool clothes. You had to buy. Like I mm-hmm. bought all my own clothes. This is how we grew up. Really? Yeah. I bought, I, my parents didn't have any money. We were poor. So you had, I worked for a clothing store and that's the only reason I was able to have decent stuff. And they would always try to give me a discount because I was like their only employee. Basically it was a dad and a son and me. And that's who ran that store. And then actually it got to the point when I was a teenager, like junior, senior, they would turn me loose with the whole store. Mm. And they would just walk away and say, we're going, you got the keys, shut it down when you're done. And they would just leave me there. So yeah, it was kind of nice, actually a lot of responsibility, but that's how we grew up. That if you want something, you had to go out and mow lawns, shovel. How old were you when you got your first like real job? I was probably 16 or 17 when I got my first real job. Okay. Everything before that, me and my buddies. Mowing lawns. lawns yeah, we'd like mow that. lawns. We'd go down the street, and we would just hand out little cards. We called ourselves Odds and Ends Incorporated. We didn't even realize you couldn't incorporate yourself. That it, we, we just thought it was a cool name. So, like, we put Incorporated. We're, like, we're just teenagers. And so we would hand them out all up and down the street, and people hire gotcha. us to paint their porch or uh-huh. whatever. We did anything that we could to get money together because that's just how it was for us. So, of course as you get older that's your thinking you know no one hands you anything you got to get out and scrap for it but it also turned out we were a much less depressed generation we Mm -hmm. were because we didn't have time to think about all this stuff like you didn't you didn't sit in your room right thinking about yourself all day you think about stuff when you went to bed Mm -hmm. but until then i mean you were you were busy yeah yeah, no. You were always
1: with other people. You always riding bikes up and down the neighborhood. I right. mean, that, that's how I grew up, basically. Right. Well, when I lived in a neighborhood, I should say. Before that, I was in the country, and we'd play out in the woods. You know, right. me and my siblings going digging into a creek, looking at crawdads, throwing rocks and stuff. You know, just like I don't know random kid stuff you do outside with your siblings, hiking and stuff. Um, other than that, no. When when I lived in the Cleveland area. It was a lot more, I mean, we lived in an actual neighborhood at that point. So we'd right. ride bikes, we'd go play tennis at these t- tennis courts. Uh, they built a skate park. You know, we were always outside doing something, I feel like. But it built a pattern. Yeah.
0: It built a pattern. And, and that's and what I'm I saying. And still do you, all that stuff today. Right. If you get good patterns established in the lives of the young people, and that's for parents listening for your children, mm-hmm. maybe a grandparent for a grandchild, you as a youth pastor for your youth kids, you get them in the good patterns of reading the Bible, seeking God. What I'm suggesting is these patterns can carry on. They can carry forward, good or bad, whatever patterns you're setting. Mm -hmm. So you want to have as good a patterns, as good a character early on as you possibly can. Now, one of the things that I looked up, because I was just curious about it, it, because our, again, every generation is different from the other generation, so it's nothing new. Like uh, Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes, don't say you know, these days were better or ask the question, why were these days better than the old days better than now? You know, it's not wise to ask those questions. You know, we live in the day that we live in. But there was this uh, woman, it was an article on from the Atlantic, which I assume is a journal, a magazine. Mm -hmm. And so she did all this research on phones and their impact on kids. Now, this article is already five years old. I just pulled it up. It was one of the first ones that came up on google that's kind of i don't know if how the rest of your research stuff but i'll just if i'm interested in something i just punch it in and maybe it's not google people are like bill don't use google duck duck go you know um okay it's probably duck duck whatever you know what i mean whatever the the, way it doesn't matter but i put it in the search engine and that's what came up and so anyway she was saying she talked to this girl she was interviewing all these teenagers so there was a teenager a 13 year old And here's the quote. She told me she'd spent most of the summer hanging out alone in her room with her phone. That's just the way her generation is, she said. We didn't have a choice to know any life without iPads or iPhones. I think we like our phones more than we like actual people. That's what the 13-year-old said. What do you think
1: about that? Um, Yeah, that uh, sounds about right. Checks out with the uh, current
0: generation. Yeah. Even five years ago. But isn't it kind of scary when you think about it? Let's say people, like like they said, they're all literally leaving a dent in their bed because their whole world is in the phone. Mm-hmm. So and I'm thinking about all the problems with this, I'm thinking about, man, when I was a kid, we were running around bases all the time, playing kickball, playing baseball. We were mm-hmm. throwing the football. We were running. We were biking. We were climbing through the woods. Like you said, catching curry fish when we were little, sledding in the winter. We were constantly moving, constantly outside, as opposed to a life living inside. Now, with the advent of of CBs, the CB radios became a humongous fad. Everyone and their brother had, like, you see big whips on the cars and big Mm -hmm. antennas by houses, and everyone had a CB. So we were real interested in that when we went to the beach one time, and my grandparents had a place down there. So we wanted to stay inside, talking to all these people. On the CB, which really, that's what we wanted to do. Like, we just wanted to sit there and talk to chicks that lived across the river or wherever it was. So that's what we were going to do. And my mom and my grandma were like, oh, no. Well, we like to. We don't care. Yeah. Like, you are not going to be in the house. Like, this is an impossibility in summer for anyone in my generation, like you are not going to sit in the house. Like you are mm-hmm. going to get outside, which was great for us. And I'm, I personally look back on that and think there would have been no value gained by talking on the CB. There was a tremendous amount of value gained by fishing for flounder, going out and crabbing, bringing that stuff home. Cause this is what we would spend our days doing, swimming, yeah. crabbing, clamming, fishing, fishing, Right. Hours and hours and hours outside doing recreational things. Right, yeah. I had a I had a teacher in high school. She was
1: telling us one time. um, she, They finished up the school year. It was the first day of summer, and her dad unplugged the TV. And her and her sister, are, they're just furious. They're crying. They're upset. She's like, it was the best summer ever. Right. She's like, I distinctly remember it just as being just awesome. Every right. day was so fun because we didn't sit around watching TV. And right. honestly... Maybe this is just kind of my interpretation, my view of things, but people aren't fulfilled sitting there on their phone. Do they actually enjoy it that much? Not really in comparison to being out and about doing stuff with people, hanging out in person with their friends, but it's just so addictive and convenient and accessible. That's just what they do. So yeah, they just lay on their bed. They lounge around. They just scroll aimlessly and endlessly do they actually enjoy it compared to doing literally anything else outside with people, with their friends? I think they would much rather prefer that. But then you have to, like, make the plans. You have to get up. You have to drive somewhere. So it's like the lazy, convenient. That's what's most immediately accessible. Therefore, that's what they do.
0: Right. So maybe the desire to connect with people is a good desire. Mm-hmm. The mode of connecting with people through electronics is does not work as well as people think it works because I think it does lead to not being able to socialize. Like they say some of these people legit they'll go and they have a hard time talking to people. They have an easier time texting somebody than they actually have. But anyway, this, this lady said that 2012 was the dramatic shift. So 10 years ago, It was after the great recession, which officially lasted from 07 to 09, had a starker effect on millennials trying to find a place in in a sputtering economy. But it was exactly the moment when the proportion of Americans who owned the smartphone surpassed 50% Hmm. said that was a game changer. When over 50% of your population owned the smartphone now it used to be like my kids they couldn't have a phone until it became necessary in other words it was sports practices they had to get hold of us we let them have a phone earlier i see kids now like little kids with phones in their hands oh maybe 16 17 okay or in there not don't use me as an example i mean every family's got to decide on their own when to do that but 10 i mean does a 10 year old need a phone does a I don't know, man. I mean, it seems. I, no,
1: I, I have my opinion. I'm not going to share. it. But no, go ahead. No, I mean, I'm it? saying heck no. Okay. And you see, I mean, I mean, my wife being a kindergarten teacher, she's like, some of these kids have nicer phones than me. It's like, why? Why do they have a phone at all? Is, my, I mean, and it's so it depends on you know parenting style. Like, oh, my kid's not you know going to take any sort of public transportation, aka a school bus, without me being able to reach them.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. I, Well, I'm going to tell you what, you being able to reach your kid via phone is not going to stop anything going on on that bus that's going to be going on. right? And I think the phone, there's a lot of issues that come with that phone. Now, some ways they were saying, okay, well, also kids are, they're not out as much, they're not having sex as much, Mm -hmm. they're not drinking as much. Like the younger generation is actually doing all those things less, Mm -hmm. but they're also, along with those things they really shouldn't be doing, they're also not even hanging out like they're not even like you were saying earlier there's less let's go
1: external catch- problems there's more internal problems
0: I would say that's exactly that's what it is I think that's exactly we're sure. pushing the problems yep. from the outside to the inside right because there's more depression then and they go on to say, these people are vulnerable. They said the more vulnerable even than the millennials were, the rate of teenage depression and suicide have skyrocketed since 2011. It's not an exaggeration to describe I-Gen as being on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Much of this deterioration can be traced to their phones. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful statement. And when was this published? Five years ago. Five, I mean,
1: it hasn't changed in five right. years. If anything, we're just pushing people more towards social media pages, organizations, things like that. Yeah, it says disinformation.
0: Right. I mean, there's compelling evidence that the devices we place in our young people's hands are having a profound in effects on their lives and making them seriously unhappy. Mm-hmm. And they said a lot of it comes down to two like now it's everyone knows if somebody's having a party and they weren't, oh, I wasn't invited. You become more aware of that. Oh, they're having support. There's ways of now leaving people out and being clicks that aren't happening like in the circle, but it does happen on the phone. And so again, there's no real way. I, I just yeah. think it's I, I think it's a fake world. I think there's so much fake in this world. Now I'm gonna get on my own rant. I, I think there's just so much of it sure. that's just not real. Mm -hmm. You know, whether some of the photos people post or, you know, this, all this happy scene or people portray themselves in a way that's absolutely false. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because they do it on social media. I'm like, But there's no real now, all the people that are really in, like I was talking in a sermon recently. Anybody who's a true hiker knows the difference between a hiker and a non hiker. Anybody who's a true you're a true cyclist. Right. You know the difference between pretenders. You know, if I were Mm -hmm. gonna get out there and start giving lessons on how to ride a bike, you'd be like, Seriously, Bill, I mean, oh yeah. You're riding a bike five miles a pop, ten miles a pop, Mm -hmm. you don't even study, you don't you know, you would know the difference, but anyone else might not. Like everyone else might take that as like yeah, 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 yeah. Because they don't know. I mean, anybody serious in it would know. But I, I think there can be so much fake. That's all.
1: Yeah. No, there was, this, there was this new kid at youth group the other night. And I was talking to him. Where do you go to school? Who's your best friend? He's like, oh, my best friend. I don't really have a best friend. They, t- they turned out to be pretty fake. My three best friends. I said, oh, would they say the same about you? <laughs> and he just kind of smiled and he just like he didn't really have an answer. <laughs> it's just funny to me.
0: Well, it is kind of funny. It's like when you meet people in real life, like you want to warn people if you know them just on through social media. Remember, when and if we meet, there's no filters. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't gonna be a filtered world anymore. Right. This isn't gonna be you're gonna be able to show me your right. best angle anymore. This is you're mm-hmm. gonna meet in real life, which I'd much rather prefer. And I think that sometimes maybe Eric, we just need to get out of that mode of connecting here and just question ourselves how much am i connected here versus how much am i connected in real life and am i valuing real life experience mm-hmm. of just being out with somebody else yeah and enjoying that because i think you're right i would much rather be on a kayak i'll always have my phone because that's how i record stuff i'll make sure. reels and videos and let people know what's out there but while you're out there i mean you're having conversations you're not sitting there i don't look when i'm out kayaking i'm not looking at social media right I right. might take a picture with my phone. I'm not looking at social media. Mm-hmm. If I'm hiking, typically I'm not looking at social media. You're busy doing other things, and I think those other things are much more beneficial than. Right. You made a great point earlier, like mindlessly mm-hmm. scrolling. Yeah, I
1: mean, I mean, I mean, in again, this is just my opinion, but like, I mean, you ask people, are you fulfilled when you're on? Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, as long as you are, are you fulfilled?
0: Right. Let me know what they say. Oh, I don't know what would they say. I mean, would they? I don't think they would be. Maybe they would lie about it. Well,
1: I, I mean, I guess, I guess you know, versus being no being it, with your friends.
0: Not when you're hearing us of talk of parents putting their kids on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Seriously, there's four more. Now, in our day, there are way more people. And I mean, four times at least more people on antidepressants than there were. Mm -hmm. Huge amounts of our society are taking them. Mm -hmm. Is this a mistake? I mean, because in my day, you didn't hear about the stuff. Like, we weren't worried. We were busy surviving, honestly. Like, we were busy making it. We were busy getting wood to heat our house. We were busy making sure that we were going to be able to be okay as Mm -hmm. a family. Like, there were doctors. even that, dude, I mean, I'd have earaches. felt like my ear was going to blow right out of my head and oh, yeah. try to get your parents to take you to a doctor. I remember when I oh, was a yeah. kid, I went to the doctor myself. Like, I had to go to the doctor because the end of my finger was hanging out because it was smashed under a car door. Oh, sick. I had to take myself to the doctor. That's how my life was. You walk your own self to the... I went to the emergency yeah. room and walked out because they wanted me to have an x-ray, and I knew I had to pay for it out of my pocket. And because I had to pay for it out of my pocket, I said, do I need it? Well, no, even if I said, if every bone in my little end of my thumb is crushed, is this x-ray gonna help me? No. I said, cause there's nothing you can do, right? right? but we're still not going to attend to your finger. So I walked out. I was in so much pain within hmm. 24 hours. I remember walking away at where I was working, going to some doctor There was in a house next to a plaza, some old doctor showing him my finger. He heats he a paper clip up, drills it, gets all the blood out of it. I'd be mean, like hearing this story. Sick. And I said, what about the end of my finger that's sticking out? He goes, it'll fall off. <laughs> that's what he said. This is life of oh my, in my day. There's no... Everyone has medical insurance. There's no, you're on your own, dude. I mean, I'm a 16-year-old. I'm very much 17, 18, whatever. I'm very much on my own as far as getting myself to a doctor, as far as buying my own clothes. This is the way I live. Again, you're not on social media. You Mm -hmm. don't have time to think about that kind of stuff. Right. So not that we didn't have our problems, but here's some of the things that they say before we close off this podcast. Bottom line is, these young people, the social life is their phone. They're spending less time hanging out with other humans. I think that's a problem. And screen time is directly tied to depression. More phone equals less happiness. Less phone equals more happiness. That's a fact. I think that's a good place to park this bus and just say, there it is. The more time you see that kid on the phone, know this parents, less happy that kid's going to be.
1: And the less time they're
0: on that phone, the more happy they're going to be. These are facts. These are not, we are not making this up. This is not pretend world. These are the facts in this world in which we live right now. Get off that phone. Mm-hmm. or at least limit your time. I think for all of us, it'd be a good policy. I'll yeah. give you the last word, man. Yeah.
1: No, you have to be able to subdue it underneath you. I know I, I get, you know, we got to have it for work, for whatever this, that, there thing, sure. But like when you don't need it, you have to be able to separate yourself from it. Right. You have to have those boundaries and you have to abide by them. Um, I mean, also when it comes to giving your kid the phone, I yeah, sure, it's up to you 100%. But at the same time, we have years and years and years of research and studies. And we know that there are a lot of negative health effects negative um right uh, health issues i should say directly linked to it so like the bible says you got to count the cost before right. you do it no i agree you got to count the cost
0: so think about it food for thought you all have a great and a blessed week